0: Hi, it's Martin Ploose again. Um, What I'd like to talk about now is a little bit more detail about the Research Action Plan and perhaps give you some ideas of how we could do it in the classroom. Remember, there are eight steps to the Research Action Plan. Um, I won't go through them all again now, but I'll sort of talk generally first and then link them all together. The first one, really, is identify a name and a purpose of investigation. One of the ways I've done this with my students is is everyone lives near some sort of park, so I direct my students to a park uh, near where they live. I start with the street directory. I get them to show me where they live and then show me on a map whereabouts their local park is. So, And I then break them and say, okay, you can do one or two things. You can look at environmental issues in the park or you can look at um, human issues in the park. And then I give the girls or boys examples, or girls and boys examples, of the sort of things you can do. Let's keep it simple. So step one is... For argument's sake, what is the human impact of people on the park in my local area, Park X? The next step is to generate a series of focus questions to be addressed by this investigation. Here I get the students to think about, visualise what's in the park and tell me what's there. Is it sort of a lot of soccer fields and football fields and net, or has it got netball stadiums there or is it just tennis courts or has it just got kids play equipment and things like that. Then I focus in then on certain focus questions that they need to use. So step two you can do um, a bit of brainstorming where you could focus focus questions could be how many people use the park what do they use the park for is there any really evidence that there is um, overuse is there any evidence that it's not used enough a few simple questions like that then step three what I get them to do is is, is work out what information can they collect themselves which is the primary resources and The other part of it is, step three, is what secondary data can be collected. I tend to focus mainly on the primary data collection because I think it's better for the students, but you can always get secondary data from the students by going to the local council and things like that. Focusing on the first bit, the primary data, what I get the students to do there is to think about what they like doing. If they like talking to people, they could do some surveys. Um, some questionnaires and things like that. If they'd rather be a little bit more passive, they could think about doing a tally or taking photographs or um, other sorts of things which just involve them observing like doing field sketching. That's usually quite an interesting experience and I try to get them to have a go at that in the playground as a sort of a preliminary practice. So let's say that the students decide to do a tally I suggest to them they start to say if there's a, an access road is they could sit on the side of the road and count the number of cars that come in they could do it every Saturday for three weeks in a row or they could do it on a couple of Saturdays at different time slots like 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning and 12 o'clock on a Saturday morning or if they're on holidays they could do it during the week time and the weekend time but they also then need to qualify that that's the timing of it another thing they could do Alright, we'll we're, we're keep focusing on the different techniques here. Step 4, I'm referring to at the moment, is that they could sit down and they could take some photos and then they could um, draw a field sketch and then they could link the photos up to different parts of the field sketch they've done or alternatively a bird's eye view map. Another technique that I've got them to do in uh, park is to actually go into the park and actually interview some people always in pairs for safety and security reasons and or with their parents if they're doing it by themselves and they might then we go through the whole process later on about you know what sort of questions you should ask some of the other things then will come be is there any evidence of, of um, impacts and I often do that just by going around taking photos but essentially then Steps one to four involves them identifying their purpose to see the impacts of humans on the park in the local area. A couple of focus questions, how many people go there, what do they use it for, how often is it used, things like that. Focus on the primary and secondary data aspects of it. Step three, I then focus on the primary and then identify a couple of techniques that they might use like surveys, questionnaires, field sketches, um, tallies or whatever you decide to use. Step five then is for them to work out um, how they're going to collect their primary and secondary data. And so then I sit down with the um, students and work out, all right, you're going to do it on the holidays, when are you going to do it, how long is it going to take you, what time of the day are you going to go, or are you going to do it over um, a period of three or four weeks, which ideally I'd love them to do, but often it's the case that they don't finish it in time and it's always last minute. Once they've collected all the data, sometimes they they need to do probably two things. Step 6. They need to process and analyse the data. Initially they'll look at it, they come back to me in the classroom and I'll say, look, you're a bit short on this area, I need you to go back out there again, collect a bit more information and they come back and reprocess the data. Once we're sure that the data's been all collected, then I might say, "Okay, here's your tally, convert the figures into percentage figures, etc. Work out what you're going to do. Get your photos organised, Okay, let's draw your map up neatly, let's link the photos you've done to where they appear on the map. If you've done a survey, have you thought about open-ended and closed-ended questions? Open and closed questions how are you going to sort of process that data? Then you go in the process of analysing the data. You know, you, how come there is no, no one in the park on Saturday the 3rd of October? And they might say, it was raining. Well, you need to include that in your analysis. Or if you found that the place was always empty, the car park was always empty at 10 past, did you realise that the netball game started at a quarter past the hour and that's why the car park was empty at 10 past before the next game started? So there's things like that that the, the, the students would pick up. Once they've done the process, once I've found they've done the process of analysing the data. They've got to think about how they're going to present their and communicate what they've found about their local park. And I've often found I give them a little latitude here. Sometimes we provide them a bit of a structure in a very really formal way of about a um, aims, objectives, different techniques that can be used, um, data presentation, analysis, and all that sort of thing. Sometimes you can present them electronically, and we've found that some students can do that very well. But really I like that to be, in my case, a sort of student-directed thing. Then finally in step eight is the individual and group action in response to the research findings the park's great for that they can go down there and they can say okay there wasn't enough play equipment for young kids we found the parking wasn't very good they need to write a letter to the council and sort that out they found there's a lot of graffiti there and the graffiti was there because they didn't find they didn't have a skateboard rank for skateboard um, bowl for the boys and girls to play in and once they put one there they found they weren't idly you know sitting in the park you know graffitiing fences and things like that so there are a lot of things that they could do as an individual or as a group to actually take appropriate action to fix whatever the problems would be with the impacts in the park. That often then becomes a a catalyst if you're thinking towards a senior geography project for them to do something else. From my experience there seem to be two models. Um, One could be you let the students pick a topic themselves. Another model is you give them a topic area, you've all got to go to your park. I usually give them a bit of latitude to pick their own topic, but I always start with a preliminary one doing the park thing, and if someone can prove to me that they you know, they don't want to do the park, I'll let them do something else, which is really good because it means um, it's grassroots developed, it's self-motivating, it's empowering for the students. And alternatively, if I find some students are having trouble finding, trying to focus, all I do then is say, let's go back to your local park area and try and develop a topic from there. The Research Action Plan is really quite a good unit of work. It can be as complicated or as easy as you like. Once again, I keep the focus on the primary aspect of it, but of course secondary data is important. Um, I hope that's of some use to you, and I might go into a bit more detail a bit later on. Okay, that's all for now. Bye for now.